Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? What's good? What's happening? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Welcome back. I feel good now. Boy, football season is here. We're finally here. Man. And what a great way to start off the season. What a great way to start off the season, to kick off the season. I know Sunday is going to be even better. I know the Monday night football games are going to be even better. So I can't wait. I can't wait. But I was so excited. I, I, I couldn't wait. I, like, I, I'm so excited to record and, you know, give you guys some of my thoughts on the game that we saw last night. And like I said, I, I mean, what better way to start, you know, what better way to kick off the season where you get the defending Super Bowl champions, right? The defending Super Bowl champions, they're bringing back all 22 starters, both on offense and defense. Um Obviously, Tom Brady, like there's so much there's so much with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, such a talented football team. And then we get the Dallas Cowboys, obviously America's team and so forth. But we get to see Dak um, first time seeing Dak in action since his, uh, you know, his disparaging, you know, and gruesome ankle injury back at week five of last year. So almost like 11 months basically where we haven't seen Dak. And so that was, that was a great way. A great game uh, came down literally to the final seconds, to the final, final couple drives and so forth. Um, you could definitely tell it was a week one game. You can definitely tell, you can definitely tell it was a week one game. You got a lot of penalties, a lot of drops, you know, special team mishaps and so forth. You can definitely tell it was week one. Uh, but without further ado, let's get into it. Let's not waste no much. No, let's not waste too much time. Um, you guys know, obviously, I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kitt of the Isaiah Kitt Podcast. Uh, I welcome you guys back. I hope everybody out there is listening. I hope all you guys out there listening are feeling good, feeling well, staying healthy, um, you know, ready to enjoy your weekend and so forth. Um also, shouts out to everybody listening. Shouts out to all the first-time listeners. If you're a first-time listener, uh, shouts out to you. If you are a person that regularly listens to this podcast, shouts out to you. Greatly appreciate it. Um, if you're a person that uh, that shares this podcast with other people uh, and helping me grow this actual podcast, thank you. <laughs> I greatly appreciate you. But let's get into it. The Dallas Cowboys, as I mentioned, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they beat the Dallas Cowboys 31-29. Um, it was a it was an offensive it was an offensive match to say the least. Offensive match to say the least, to say the least. Not much defense. Um Tom Brady, you know, he had both both quarterbacks. The quarterback play last night was really good. And some of these numbers uh like in particular Tom Brady's like his stat line is a bit dece- you know, it's a bit deceiving. Um he he had his stat Brady's stat line 32 for 50. Uh, 379 yards with four touchdowns and two interceptions. So, like, you see the two interceptions, one of those interceptions, the first one was uh, a Leonard Fournette drop uh, that led to an interception, that led to the ball game picked. And then the second interception was a Hail Mary. And then Tampa Bay had a lot of drops. So th- the the numbers in his stat line is a bit deceiving. And then Dak Prescott, you look at his stat line, uh, career highs and completions and uh and actual attempts. Um, for he went 42 58, uh, 403 yards with three touchdowns and one interception. Once again, if you looked at the game, you watched the game, that was actually a great throw that Dak made, and then CD Lamb dropped the ball and then it got picked off. So, just thought I'd read out that those the, the quarterback stat lines because both quarterbacks really, really played well. But let me start with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not going to do the whole moral, moral victory type of thing. I'm not going to do it. I mean, you could, and 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 I must admit, they fought. They put up a better fight than what I thought they were going to put up. I thought the Cowboys offensively was going to start slow and then eventually get it going in the second half, but then it would be too late. But no, from the gate. They were clicking. Offensively, they were clicking, and they were able to move the football. So I must say that the Cowboys put up a better fight than what I gave them credit for or what or what I initially thought they were going to do. They put up a better fight than what I thought they was going to put up. So I give them that. I'm not, Like I said, I'm not going to do the moral victory thing because 
it, more victories kind of for losers, right? It's kind of for losers. And, and you know, I don't want to do it like that for the Cowboys, but I'm going to give you some key takeaways. And a lot of it is pertaining to Dak Prescott. Um, obviously, this past offseason, Dak Prescott paid, got that Dak Prescott got paid. Dak got paid, and the contract it, it's a it's a it's a hefty contract. If you ask me, I think it's probably the best quarterback contract. Um, best like the best contract out of all these quarterbacks. If you ask me, if you look at the if you look at the details, the contract is great. So there were a lot of questions heading into last night's game about Dak Prescott. A lot of questions. And it was more so about, like, his physicals, right? Like the shoulder, the ankle injury, obviously. Like, we wanted to see the confidence from Dak. Would he tweak up something in his throwing mechanics? Dak looked, Dak looked really good last night. <laughs> I'm not, Dak, Dak looked really good last night. Dak look really. I, I if you ask me, I thought I think that I thought that Dak Prescott was probably the best quarterback on the field last night. Granted, he lost, but I thought that I thought Dak Prescott was the best quarterback on the field in last night's game, and that says a lot because Tom Brady played well himself. Brady played phenomenal, but Dak was clicking and Dak showed uh great physical confidence. He showed great confidence in his body and so forth. Uh he took a hit. He he took a couple hits actually. Yeah, there, there were there were there were a few times where Tampa's defensive line, which is so good and so talented, they got back there and Dak took a couple blows, got right back up. So that showed me great confidence. He can take a hit. Um, he never wavered. Like it, there weren't many times where Dak looked wait. You know, it, there weren't many times. And then you know, at times he would show some of the escape the escapability. So he got out the pocket pretty well. Everything from a confidence standpoint, as far as in his body and his physical, it looked really good. He and he looked really confident and poised, even behind that, and even behind, um, or I should say in front of that Tampa Bay defensive line because the last time we saw and this and just think of the game planning right because last time we saw Tampa Bay's front four front seven they had Patrick Mahomes running for his life <laughs> like Patrick Mahomes would have to scramble 100 yards before he gets a throw off so that to take that into context as to the last time we saw Tampa Bay's front seven they they gave Patrick Mahomes nightmares. And you guys know I love Patrick Mahomes. But he was running for his life. So the fact that Dak looked poised, pretty comfortable for the most part, you know, looked really confident standing in the pocket and, deli and, and actually delivering the football. Um, and given the fact that he was missing arguably his best offensive lineman in Zach Martin, well done for Dak. I think well done. By the way, the Cowboys, or I should say Dak, put the Cowboys in prime position to win the game. Like he put he he, he put them he put the Cowboys in prime position to win the game. It's just that when you get the ball back to Tom Brady with a minute and 24 left and your defense has, you know, you know, he's played pretty well, it's usually not gonna end well for you, right? And that's what happened. But from a from a cowboys standpoint, and basically more so Dak Prescott. Uh, the fact that he took 62 dropbacks versus that defensive line, um, and he looked really comfortable, real, that's a real positive, a real, real positive for the Cowboys. Now, here goes my thing. Have the Cowboys become dependent on Dak? Are the Cowboys too Dak dependent? Because I would say, yes, they have become Dak like very pass happy. Um, and I know the game, the flow of the game um, and how the game was played. It was really, it was really difficult to, uh, to like to really establish a run game. And plus it don't help when you're playing against Tampa last year, or when you're playing against Tampa, where last year they had the number one rank rush defense in football last year. So it's hard enough that the game flow and just the momentum of the game really didn't allow the Cowboys to establish their running game in Zeke. But then you take it into account that 
the Buccaneers last year was the number one, like they were number one versus the, the rush. Um, even the Buccaneers offensively, the Buccaneers couldn't get their running game going. So neither team was really trying to solidify um, their running game. Like neither team was. Both teams were pass happy. Both teams were throwing it all across the yard. And it was it was a really fun watch. Um, so the Cowboys, I do think they have become a little bit Dak dependent. They're very Dak dependent. Um, and it seems like, I know it's still young, and this is why week one, I, I preference my comments and I try to, like, I just hear people talk off the tangent sometimes after week one. Oh, we're gonna, you know, you know, fan, you know how fans get fans are it's just short for fanatics. Um, so like, you know, teams or I'm not, not gonna say teams, but people talk off just off the tangent just after one game or one showing and so forth. So I'm, I'm gonna keep it in perspective. Uh, but the Cowboys, it seems like they only have one way to win or t- one way to beat you. And that is simply outscore you uh, and, 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 you know, shootouts. They win shootouts. And defensively, their defense, it got turnovers, um, but it, it allowed a lot of yardage. It allowed some big plays. So the defense and, – and, that, and that's why I say it's kind of hard to measure week one. And, the, like, can we can, – because because the Cowboys defense over the last several years – defensively they have struggled to turn over the football like defensively they have four they they have struggled to force turnovers last night they got three turnovers or what what was it four turnovers it was two fumbles two interceptions so it was four turnovers turnovers that the Cowboys defense forced like i said they have struggled doing that over the last several years so it, it, you got to add context. One of those turnovers, it was a Hail Mary. So, like, you got to contextualize it a bit. And can we can we say the Cowboys defense is bad? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It, obviously, it was bad last year. Um, we're hoping that the Cowboys defense is average this year because that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking their defense is going to be average. It's going to have been but not break a lot of times. It's going to give up a lot of yardage. They definitely, it, there's definitely a lot of like pers- like a lot of holes in the personnel, especially in that secondary. I feel like their hit, their, their, their pass rush is very hit or miss. I feel like their pass rush is very hit or miss, but Demarcus Lawrence had a really good sighting. Um, Mark, uh, 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 Micah Parsons played pretty well. So, you know, I, I think, I, it's, it's very difficult because the Buccaneers are one of the more high-powered, efficient offenses in football. So I don't know if if, if that's a proper measurement. So we we we'll see we'll see as the time as time goes on. But as I alluded to, I made this point on Wednesday's episode, and I'm going to make it again. The Cowboys are in good position. They lost. Okay, one game, week one. They lost to the defending Super Bowl champions. Tell me how many teams. Tell, tell me how many teams are going to beat Tampa Bay this year. Not a lot, right? We think we don't think a lot of teams are going to beat Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to look really good. Tampa Bay is going to be really good, right? So <laughs> that's that's there's no shame. But the Cowboys from now on, from week two all the way up till till November twenty first, where I think they have to play Kansas City. I think that's a week twelve. Week 11, week 12 is one of those it's one of those two two weeks. From here on out up until November 21st, the Cowboys don't have to play a playoff team from last year. So, it's a and I and I actually can read off the schedule. Um it because it like there's a they, they can they can get a there's a chance to get a lot of W's. You play the Chargers week 2, you play the Eagles, you play Carolina, you play the Giants. Uh, you got you got at New England. That's gonna be a bit tough, but they didn't make the playoffs last year. Um, you got Minnesota. You got Denver, Atlanta. So there's there there is some wins in there, and that's where I think the Cowboys, if they if they're if they're going to win the division or if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to have to capitalize on that part of their schedule, on that half of their schedule, because that's where a lot of their mediocre. That's where they play a lot of rebuilding teams like Philly. They're rebuilding. 
the Giants, you know, somewhat of a rebuild. Offensive lines have been inconsistent. You know, so we, we, we'll see. But this is what – that's the positive take. Dak Prescott looks awesome. And then you look at the schedule from here on out up until November 21st, which is week 11. The Cowboys got a lot of – they're playing a lot of mediocre teams, a lot of mediocre defenses, a lot of some teams that's rebuilding. So the Cowboys must take advantage of that. But um, I'm going to talk about Tampa. I'm going to talk about Tampa Bay. Let's shift gears to Tampa Bay and Tom Brady and so forth. Now, Tampa, on the other hand, the Buccaneers, <clears throat> granted, they won, right? But obviously – they, if there was one weakness, uh, because their roster is really good, but if there was one weakness to their roster or one hole you could find in their roster, it's probably at the defensive back position. They're very thin at that position, and they lost uh, Murphy Bunting last night to a gruesome uh, elbow injury, arm injury. I saw it after the CD Lamb touchdown. That was nasty. So they lack, they lack some depth. Um, at the at the in the secondary, so that's one hole, that's one weakness, you know, glaring weakness that they have. But um, Tampa Bay, granted, like I said, granted they won, didn't look overly good. I mean, they had a lot of mishaps, a lot of penalties. They had a they I think they had a hundred plus yards of penalties. Um, like I said, they had four turnovers to the Cowboys. One, uh, the Cowboys controlled time of possession, time of possession. Um, so Tampa, it was, it was an ugly win. It was one of those wins where they had to fight and crawl and they had to fight and crawl for that win. Uh, but Brady, Tom Brady himself, does this, does this guy ever age? Does Tom Brady ever age, man? I mean, goodness gracious. So (laughs) Brady, Brady is just, I, it's just, it's just unexplainable. At this point where he's playing really good football at this age. And and, and granted, like I said in the previous segment or a couple minutes ago, I did say Dak Prescott was the best quarterback on the field. I do. I thought I thought Dak was the best quarterback on the field. He probably was the best player on the field. But Tom Brady had a, a, a really good night, too. Tom Brady had a great night. Um, like I said, his numbers are a bit deceiving because a lot of those incompletions are drops. Some of those, th- those interceptions were not on him. Um, so th- his numbers are a bit deceiving, but they're still really good. Um, so it's it's just kind of funny. And it's it's kind of funny how Max Kellerman, you, you, know, you guys, I'm sure you guys all know Max Kellerman. Max Kellerman for first take or formerly on first take, I should say. He made the Tom Brady prediction, cliff prediction, right? Where he said Tom Brady would fall off a cliff. I forgot the like, I forgot the time, the timetable that he said it in, but it was supposed to been happen. And it's so funny. Max Kellerman, he he made that take about Tom Brady when he first got the first take job. Now, five years later, four or five years later. Max Kellman is now leaving first take and Tom Brady is still playing at almost like an elite level and he's still winning Super Bowls. That's crazy. That's cr- that like the, the the mere fact that Tom Brady outlasted the cliff prediction longer than Max Kellman lasted on first take is kind of funny. But um Tom Brady, I don't I, I, I it's just unexplainable. But with the Buccaneers, I talked about how I want, and I, I didn't want to do the moral victory stuff, but the cowboy, but cowboy fans I know must feel good today. Cowboy fans must feel good today, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a whole, they granted they won, but the way how they won was not uh, it, it was not pretty. It was ugly. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes you gotta win ugly ball games. Sometimes you gotta win ball games. You gotta do what you gotta do to win ball games. But I'm sure they want to be much cleaner, um, much more disciplined than what they were last night. Because that, I mean, if that Chris Godwin fumble, 
the, the the fumble Rojo Ronald Jones and uh, Leonard Fournette he dropped so so many drops you could but like I said it, it, this is why I wanted to add context this is why we should be any context because it's week one it's week one um and I thought Chris Collinsworth on the commentary last night um said made a, made a great point like you because we saw a couple guys for the Buccaneers go down couple uh, I saw one guy caught a cramp like you can't it's no you can't simulate playing four four quarters of football in the NFL you can't simulate that you can play preseason but you really you you really can't simulate that you can't simulate playing four quarters you just gotta at some point which is week one you just gotta do it and you gotta play through it and as the season progresses you get better, you get smoother, you know, but you can't simulate playing four quarters, four full quarters of NFL football. You can't, it's no way to really simulate that, even in preseason, you can't. Um, and with the Buccaneers, you saw that. It was a lot of rust. Even with the Cowboys, the Cowboys special teams were not great, but I expect the Buccaneers, they're going to be fine. They're going to be better. Um like I said, Brady, the ageless wonder. I don't, I, I don't know when this guy is gonna ever stop. I, 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 I've given up at this point. If you guys want me to be honest, I've given up at this point to really trying to figure out, you know, because I was watching the game with a couple of buddies of mine, and he, and one, of, and one of them asked me, he was like, "How long do you think Brady's gonna play?" And I'm like, "Bro, I really don't have an answer because, I mean, I, 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 I told him." One more year after this year, so two more seasons, this season and the following season. That I think that I think I think that's fair. I don't, but at this point, I don't know what's fair. I don't know. I don't. I just don't know. So you know, I can't. I don't know if you could put a, a, a like a number on it or a timestamp on it. It just we know. I feel like we we will know when it's time. I feel like with Tom Brady, and if if last night was any type of implication on what he's going to look like this season it won't be this year <laughs> it will not be this year because he looked really really good but like i said overall i expect to be i expect the bucks to be cleaner uh, i expect them to be better and more disciplined uh i can remember i can remember last year i was talking about the buccaneers and the first like five six weeks they were one of the most penalized teams because you know un a little undisciplined um, you know, early in the season, new, a lot of new players, a lot of new, you know, personnel and so forth. But I expect with, uh, with, you know, another year with under their belt, um, uh, with this personnel, with a similar team, because you saw it, you saw it last year. They, they, they cleaned up their play last year going into playoff football. And then, you know, we, I think we'll see more of that as they get their groove back and as they get their legs under them. Um, so you guys know you guys know what time it is. It's a Saturday episode. So you it's a Saturday episode right before Sunday. So you know what I'm gonna do. You know I'm gonna give you guys my top 10 teams going into week one. My top 10 teams going into week one. I I truly take this seriously. I'm gonna um I'm gonna take a break really quickly and then you guys are gonna be able to hear my top 10 teams. Okay, here's my top 10 list. So first and foremost, if you're if you're a new listener or first time listener, doing throughout the football season, all throughout the regular season, I give my top ten teams. I give I give my listeners my top ten teams week in week out. Uh, it, it's it's sort of like a, a power rankings. I'm not huge on power rankings or at least calling it a power ranking, but it's it's I do it on a weekly basis. Um, these things these teams they could vary. But this is just my personal opinion. Top 10 teams going into week one. So, granted, I've seen Tampa Bay. I've seen the Cowboys. What I saw last night, trust me, did not really affect what my list, uh, what my top 10 list is. Um, Tampa Bay, I, well, I'm not going to give it away, but it's kind of obvious. But I, I came up with this top 10 list. I did it before the game last night. So, like I said, nothing that I saw last night impacted this list. Um, so if you're a regular listener, I know a lot of my regular listeners love this segment. They love when I give my top 10 teams on a weekly basis and, and basically ex explain why, 
Um, some people disagree a lot. Well, a lot of people. <laughs> some people disagree sometimes and so forth. But let's wait. Let's not waste any time. Let's get into my top ten. So, uh, at ten, I'm. I have the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I think this Colts team is really talented. You guys know I'm. I'm relatively high on the Colts. Uh, a really solid roster, like all around solid roster. One of the better rosters you'll find both offensively and defensively. It gives you, they, they have a great balance of both. Um, last year, they were a top 10 offense and top 10 defense. And they were a top 10 offense with Phillip Rivers under center. So that shows you first, they control the line of scrimmage. They their their offensive line controls everything. Their defensive line controls everything as well. Um, they're going to be able to run the football effectively. They have two nice young stars that I like on offense. Uh, Jonathan Taylor being one of those guys who really came on the second half of the year. Um, I think they they have a tough schedule early on. I think they play like Seattle. They got Miami. Uh, I think they got the Rams. I think they got Baltimore. So. It's a really if they got a the first five to six weeks are gonna be really tough. Um, they do have some COVID scares. They got some, they got some, they got some COVID scares, some COVID issues that scare me. Um, that could, you know, that could hurt them throughout the season. We we'll see. But going into week one, I think the Colts are definitely a top 10 team. Um at nine. I have the New England Patriots. I do. I do. I think their defense is real. It's a real defense, obviously, um, you know, coached uh, by Bill Belichick. Great, great, great coach. Um, the last time we saw this New England defense, like, all together as a unit, they were the number one defense in the league. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be the number one defense this year, but I think they're going to definitely have a top 10 unit. Uh, and then offensively, uh, good, uh, solid offensive line play. They did improve their skill position. Still not the greatest. They still, you can make an argument, they still don't have um, that go-to guy. But I think the way offensively, the way New England's going to play offensively, I don't think that's necessary. Um, it, 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 they're not going to ask Mac Jones to do a lot. They're going to ask him to do the things that he's comfortable with doing. Um, making those anticipatory throws, uh, you know, being accurate, not turn over the football, all the stuff that Mac Jones does really well. They're not going to ask him to be this all pro prolific passer through the air. No, no, no. they're not going to do that because they don't, like I said, they don't have, they don't necessarily have the personnel to do that. So I think New England is going to be just fine. I got them at nine. Uh, at eight, I got the Packers. The, the reason why, and some people may think, oh, wow, the Packers made it to the NFC Championship game last year. They did. Um, and they were really good. They were really dominant last year. But at first, it's a lot of drama. So it's, it's, it's a lot of drama. And despite all of the drama, it's still a really good football team. But my problems lie mostly on the offensive line. Uh, left tackle, David Bakhtiari, he's going to start out on the pup list. Bakhtiari is one of the better left tackles in football. Uh, center Corey Lindsley, he left in free agency for the Chargers this past uh, this past spring. So that and he's an All Pro center, and then their right tackle, he also left. So I I, I don't I just I, there's a lot of usually Green Bay has a really good offensive line, but there's so many questions at the offensive line position. Um, I just don't. I just don't think this offense is going to be as explosive because I don't think Aaron's going to nearly have the decent amount of protection and a decent amount of time that he's used to having. Still, Like I said, still a really good football team. I still think they're going to win their division, but they're a little low for me because of the offensive line issues and some of the questions uh, at that particular unit. But at number seven, I have the Ravens. Once again, a lot of injuries to the, like, I feel bad. Like, a lot of injuries to the Ravens. They also have a tough schedule early on, a really brutal schedule early on. Um, but, th th I mean, they have taken so many hits at the running back position. Uh, Marcus Peters, he also had a season-ending injury. Uh, also important to note that Matthew Judon left in free agency this year. So they, they, they're, I mean, they're, like I said, still a really good football team. If you're, if they're on this list, they're still a really good team, but they have a lot of injuries. And that's why I had to put the Ravens at seven. 
which, which may seem low for some people, but the in the amount of injuries and given the fact that and Rashad Bateman, Rashad Bateman's not even going to start the season. So it, so much to take into account. I got them at seven. Um, at number six, I got the Seahawks. You know, they're top heavy. I continue to say it about the Seahawks. They're very, very top heavy, but they're still really good. They're a really good football team. It's important to note um, that in the second half of the year, their defense did get a little bit better. So hopefully Pete Curl and that defense and Jamal Adams, um, they can bounce back off of that. But I think more, more importantly, they re-signed some key guys. They re-signed some key guys, um, most notably Dwayne Brown, where you got your left tackle now. You 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 re-signed your left tackle. You sure Darnell, you sure was gonna need him. Uh so I'm I'm glad Seattle made that move. Uh hopefully their offensive line, the offensive line upgrades will suffice. But Seattle is very much a Super Bowl contender. It's just a mere fact of can you protect Russ? Um, that offense, what is it gonna look like? What 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 offense are we getting? Are we going to get the let Russ cook or are we getting the conventional Pete Curl run heavy, very conservative offense with the Seahawks? And can that defense maintain that consistency that we saw a little bit in the second half of the last year? But I got the Seahawks at six. At number five, I got the Rams. Um, Great coach. You guys know I'm huge on Sean McVay. Um. They did lose some guys on defense, but it was the number one ranked defense last year. Um, I don't think they're going to fall off much. Uh, obviously, we all know about Matthew Stafford and and at the quarterback position. Now, they, similar to the Ravens, they've taken a hit at the running back position as far as injuries. So we'll see how that goes. They did trade for Sonny Michelle. And like I said, I think Sean McVay is going to be innovative and smart enough to find unique ways to get the offense moving um, even with that lack of depth at the running back position, um, all, although we all know the Rams love to run the football with that zone, with that zone running scheme. So we'll see, but I think he'll find conventional, um, and unique ways to, to explore and expand the offense despite not having, you know, cam acres at the running back position. But I got Rams at four, at five. Uh, the Browns at four. I got the Browns at four. I think this team is super, super talented. Definitely a top five. This this Browns team, it's a top five roster in football. Like, on both sides. Top five roster in football. Now, the thing with the Browns, they have, I think, six. I think they have, no, they have seven new defensive starters. So, you know, they're, they're they're getting a lot of new guys defensively. So we'll see how how it, how well it gels. I think it'll work. I think it'll work. It's just a matter of how long does it take? You know, like guys like James uh, James Johnson or John Johnson, my bad, uh, John Johnson, safety from the Rams, like Troy Hill. We got to see how long it actually takes for those guys to gel. But I, I do think a lot of these these new guys that they have on defense will work out. Um, and then you get OBJ back. You get Odell Beckham back. He adds um, some explosiveness. Uh, let this offense. You could tell it was this offense was really rolling the second half of the year, but it was definitely missing that explosive ad, ad, like element um, on the outside. And OBJ, you know, if he can remain healthy, I think he is certainly bring that. But this this Browns team offensively, they're bringing back all eleven starters, so there's some continuity there offensively they're going to be high powered defensively they got some new they got some new pieces that i think will work but we got to see how long it takes i got the browns at four though really good um i got the bills at three um you know they added a pass rush that was that was literally the bills like that was the that was the weakness they couldn't rush the quarterback um so they went out and drafted two pass rushers which i thought made a lot of sense they're returning 21 of 22 starters of, from last year. So that 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 that's a good sign. That's that shows me they have some continuity. Uh Josh Allen, a lot of people are predicting that Josh Allen, even though he had a he had an MVP caliber year last year, a lot of people are predicting that he's gonna win MVP this year. So we'll see. But they do have some COVID issues as far as the vaccinations. They got they got some COVID controversy. So We'll see how how that plays out. I think that's all. That's that's definitely 
um, something to pay to, to to look at where they they do have some COVID controversy. But as far as on the field and the coaching, I like a, I like a lot what the Bills are doing. I think they're definitely the best, the second best team in the AFC. And then at number two. I got the Kansas City Chiefs. I got the Kansas City Chiefs. I see. I I saw. I love the up the offensive line upgrades. Um, they do have four new offensive linemen. So similar to the Browns, we got. I think it's going to work, but we got to see how long it jails, how long it takes to jail. But the offensive line upgrades will certainly suffice, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think Kansas City be. I think they'll be ready. I think Kansas City be fine. Um, I think they're going to come back really determined and they're going to be ready for revenge. Simple as that. I think Kansas City is going to be there right at the end. Um, you know, I, I, they're going to be in the thick of things. I, I, I have I have the utmost faith, faith in Kansas City, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes and those guys. I got the utmost faith in those guys. Uh, Kansas City at two. And then number one, obviously, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, defending Super Bowl champions. I don't think I need to really say much, but. You know, I'm going to Tampa Bay at number one. They they did win. I, like I said, I made this list prior to Thursday's game, but uh, it helps that they're one and zero. They started season one and zero. So those those are my top ten teams. That is that is my top ten list going into week one. So we do this on a weekly basis. Uh, a lot of people been asking me when I'm gonna do a top ten. This is it. Right here, so um, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. That was that, I, I and I, like I tell, you, I, I spend a lot of time, and I put in a lot with these top tens to you know give the you know to give the best top ten in my opinion. So yeah, I do. I I, I put a lot of time into this. Probably too much time. <laughs> I probably put too much time into this top ten, but I do it on a weekly basis. So, um, you know, <clears throat> that is my top ten for this week. All right, so once again, I did my top 10 list. Like I said, I'm satisfied about it. Um, so I have my week one picks. I do. I'm going to do the major games. I'm going to do the major games, you know, with the – all of the, to be honest, all of these games have great storylines. And this is, what, this is what I like. This is why I'm so excited for week one. I'm always excited for week one. Obviously, we want to contextualize week one, but the excitement – you can't do nothing about that. And like I said, there's so many headlines and storylines going into uh the this, you know, this week. I mean, we can go we can go game by game of just the headlines. You know, obviously I'm and I'm not going to predict every game, but you got obviously uh you got the Eagles and in the Falcons. Is Jalen Hurts the guy? Is Nick Sirianni the right coach, you know, in in Philadelphia? Is he the answer? Uh, what does you know? What does Atlanta look like? Should they have drafted a quarterback? Um, you know, we got Pittsburgh and and, and Buffalo. You know, what does Big Ben look like? Uh, can Josh Allen repeat? Can he have a repeat season? Are the Bills really, really legit? So there, there's just storylines all across the schedule uh, uh, for this week. There's so many just storylines and and just so many things to really look out for. Uh, but I'm going to pick, I'm going to do my picks. I'm going to pick um, the major games. So when I'm talking about major games, obviously I'm talking about like Pittsburgh and Buffalo, um, Seattle, Indianapolis. I'm very, very genuinely sorry to like the Lion fans. I'm not going to pick. I, I'm just not. You play the 49ers, you're going to probably lose. Sorry. The Vikings, uh, Bengals, I mean, I could pick that game, but it's – no, I'm not going to do that. Come on. Sorry. Like the Jaguars in Houston, I love Trevor Lawrence. I hope I hope he does well, but I'm not going to – come on. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. But let's start. Uh, so we got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the, at the Buffalo Bills. This is at Buffalo, obviously. Um, the Bills are six-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm not mad at this spread. Uh, I think it makes sense. Uh, the Bills, like I said, like like I said in my top ten list, the Bills they're returning twenty one of twenty two starters, uh, so there's some continuity there. Like I said, they they do scare me with their vaccine issues and their COVID issues. They they that that scares me a lot. That is very alarming. But they should be fine week one. Uh, the Steelers, I just have so many questions about offensively. And a lot of it is with concerning Ben Roethlisberger. 
Um, offensive line is average. They've lost some pieces on their offensive line. So I'm going to go with Buffalo. I think Buffalo wins this game pretty not, – I'm not going to say handingly, but I think they win this game. Um, I'm going to go with a final score of 30-20 to 20 Buffalo Bills. 30-20 to 20 Buffalo Bills over the Steelers. Next game on my docket, on my list, the Seattle Seahawks versus the Indianapolis Colts. This is at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, the Seahawks are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Now, the Seahawks, I'm going to go with Seattle to win this game. Um, very, I know I keep saying it, but very similar to Buffalo, Indianapolis, they, they, they kind of scare me with their COVID issues. They do. Now, I think Carson Wentz, he, he, he's, he, he's scheduled to play, but I think Seattle is the better team. I'm going to roll with Seattle. I know what I'm getting. Uh, I, I think their defense is going to be more consistent. Uh, I think they'd be better. Re- they'd, they'd, they'd be able to better react to what Indianapolis is going to do offensively. Uh, Carson Wentz first game. I think, you know, some nerves there. I'm going to go with Seattle to win a very close game, though. I'm going to go with Seattle to win 27-23 Seahawks. 27-23 Seahawks. Um, Next game on the docket, L.A. Chargers visit the Washington football team at FedEx. Not too far away from me. Um, The Washington football team, believe it or not, they're one-and-a-half point favorites. I'm not going to lie to you. At first, I was kind of scratching my head, but then I thought about it. Washington being the favorites, I'm not mad at all. Now, they're slight favorites, but I'm not mad at all. First, we got a West Coast, a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast. That always spells danger. You look, at, you look at the record over the last several years, West Coast teams traveling East Coast, that always spells danger, the danger for, for a 1 o'clock game. Um, also, Chargers, Justin Herbert, I really like Justin Herbert. But this is the first time he's going to actually play in a stadium, an NFL stadium full of fans. And it doesn't help that he's going to have to play versus this Washington defense, mainly that ferocious front seven. Brandon Staley, first-year head coach. I, I, I like Brandon Staley, and I'm really high on the Chargers. But this is a really tough week one matchup. So I, I'm, I, this, this is kind of a pick em. They're they're the, the the Chargers offensive line. They got some new pieces on their offensive line. So they're gonna have to go up against a really, really talented Washington front four. I'm gonna go with Washington to pull the slight upset, or not really an upset, but to win. I I don't know. I'm conflicted. Give me a give me a, give me give me give me a, give me a second. Um I'm gonna go with the Chargers. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Chargers to narrowly win. Now this is kind of going against what I what I value, uh, but I'm gonna go with the Chargers to win. I'm gonna I'm gonna say they win with a final score of 24 21 24 21. With no sorry, I got it written down. 24 23 Chargers. I think that's gonna be a really close game. That's gonna be a really close game. Uh, for another four o'clock game, or oh, well, the first four o'clock game uh, that we're gonna predict, uh, the Cleveland Browns at Kansas City. Kansas City is five and a half point favorites. I'm picking Kansas City to win this game. I'm I'm really high on both teams, as you heard in my top ten. Um, but Andy Reid is practically unbeatable in September. I don't think I think Andy Reid is sixteen and zero in September games over the last four years. Patrick Mahomes has never lost in September. You look at his numbers; he's awesome in September, and a lot of that has to do with Andy Reid is such a he's such a unique and innovative offensive mind. Throughout the offseason, he comes he 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 he. He draws up new concepts offensively. So it usually takes defenses a while to really adjust, and that's why he is so dominant in September. You look at his September record, it is amazing. It's phenomenal. Like I also said, Cleveland, they have seven new defensive starters. I think the the guys that they signed, I think will work. 
but it's the it's it's gonna take some time to gel. It's not about it's it's not about if it's going to work. It's just how long is it gonna take. And I don't know with seven new defensive starters playing up against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. They're very dominant, unbeatable in September. I'm gonna go with Kansas City to win this game. I think it's gonna be a really fun one. I'm gonna go Kansas City to win thirty-seven to. 37 to 27. 37 27 Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, another big game. Um kind of kind of the battle of unknowns, right? Uh I'm pretty high on both teams though. We got the Miami Dolphins at New England at Gillette. The the, the Patriots are three and a half point favorites. Now, uh I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with New England to win this game. I think there's gonna be a defensive battle. Um I got two really smart coaches. Obviously, Brian Flores comes out of the Bill Belichick tree. So I'm getting two really smart, intelligent coaches. We're getting two really good defenses, but we're getting two young quarterbacks. Um, You guys know what I tell you. Belichick versus first-year and second-year quarterbacks, it, he, is, he is a monster. He is a monster. And you look at it, look at it, just look at his record and look at what his defenses do to first-year and second-year quarterbacks. It's amazing. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna roll with New England for that reason. They're at Foxborough. Um, like I said, I, I, I'm high. I'm a little bit higher on Mac Jones right now because I feel like I know what I'm getting. Mac Jones, his floor is high. Although I think his ceiling is low relatively, I think his. I think he has a really high floor. So and I think I. Th I know what I'm getting. I feel like I feel like I'm. I'm confident and I know what I'm getting in Mac Jones. So I'm going with a final score of 20 to 17 um, or, or yeah, 20 to 17 Patriots. It's going to be a really close game, but uh, I'm a roll with New England. Okay, next game, uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, versus New Orleans Saints. It won't be played in New Orleans. It'll be played in Jacksonville because of the, you know, the natural disasters that's happening in Louisiana. Uh, but the Packers are three and a half point favorites. Uh, I'm gonna take the Packers to win this game. I'm gonna go with a final score of 31 to 23. Uh, I think the Packers do win this game. Um, New Orleans, they have no Michael Thomas. He's on the pup list. They got so they're missing some offensive pieces. Plus, this is James Winston's first game as a starter. Uh, I feel like I know what I'm getting from Green Bay a little bit more, despite the drama. I'm a little. I'm still more confident in Green Bay that they get it done. So uh, I'm going with the Packers to win that game. Okay, Sunday Night Football, the Chicago Bears uh, versus the L.A. Rams. This is at L.A. The Rams are eight-point favorites, and I'm going to take that spread, and I'm going to take the Rams. Um, Chicago offensive line, it's mediocre at best. You got Andy Dalton behind center who's a sitting duck. Um, the Rams defense, the, their defensive unit is one of the better, it's one of the better ones in football. Uh, we, we, we get to see Matthew Stafford with this Rams and offense along with Sean McVay and his play calling. So that should be really, really fun. Uh, I think the Rams going to put up some points. Uh, I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with a final score of 33. Yeah. Yeah. 33 to, to what I have, I have 33. To 17, 33-17 Rams. I I think I'm not so high on Chicago. Uh, I'm not high on Andy Dalton. Maybe they'll be able to put up more points, but I'm I have that much faith um in the Rams defense and their defensive unit and what they can do with Chicago. Uh and then Monday night football, we have the Baltimore Ravens versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Um the Ravens are four-point favorites. I think the Ravens do win this game. I think it's going to be a, a shootout. I, I really do. I think it's going to be a shootout. Um, I think the Ravens are. I think the Ravens are going to be success, susceptible to giving up some points, especially with a guy like Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters, he he's a guy that takes a lot of big swings, a lot of big risks. Like he's hit or miss. He takes a lot of chances, but boy, he cashes in on a lot of turnovers. Um, so I do think the Raiders will be able to score points. That has not been their problem over the last couple of years. Last couple of years, they haven't been able to stop a nosebleed. Um, and I think Baltimore, they'd be able to score points. Obviously, Lamar would be electrifying. So I'm go, I'm gonna go with a final score of 31 
to 28 uh, or no, I keep messing up my scores. 34 to 28 Ravens. Uh, I think they win. I think they win this game. I think they win that game. So those are my predictions for the major marquee games, the major marquee matchups for this week. Uh, I think this be, uh, you know, I do pretty good on my predictions. I didn't do, I didn't do as well last year, but you know, we're, we're, I'm going to try to have a bounce back season this year, but without further ado, um, I'm gonna let you guys go. I'm gonna let you guys go. Obviously. Oh yeah. Last thing about this Buccaneers and Cowboys games. Uh, first Dak. I, t- I talked, I talked really well and really highly of Dak. Uh, in the first segment, in the opening segment, and I, I really do think he's he, he's back. Dak is back. Um, but there, you guys remember there was a stigma about Dak Prescott and him underperforming in big games or him underperforming versus better teams. Last night he balled out and he played really well. He played really well versus a strong Tampa Bay front seven. So big kudos to Dak. I thought I'd shout that out again. And then with the Buccaneers, like I said, it's it's so funny because the same problems or not problems, but some some little issues and some some things that the Buccaneers had to tweak out last year, I saw it again last night. And it was the penalties, the turnovers. Granted, two of those turnovers weren't even Tom Brady's fault. Um, the other two turnovers were like like legit fumbles and great defensive plays. Um, but the penalties, the penalties almost killed Tampa Bay. Um, and it kind of goes back to what I said last year about Bruce Arians. I like Bruce Arians a lot. I think he's a cool guy. I think he's a good offensive mind. But Bruce Arians is so loosey-goosey. He is such the opposite of Belichick. Belichick is on point, on tight, like, no, no mess ups, no screw ups. You look at the Patriots; they're one of the mo- they're one of the, the mo- they're one of the least penalized teams. Bruce Arians' teams, kind of the opposite. It's loosey goosey. He's very player friendly, but hey, I can't complain about it. I can't criticize it too much because they are Super Bowl champions, and he is a Super Bowl champion coach. So I can't really nitpick as much as I did last year because he won it all. But still, it remains true. His teams are very loosey goosey. I do, I although I do think the Buccaneers will clean it up as the season go along. Um, I think they get better. I think Tampa be just fine. But those are some of my closing remarks. Uh, but I catch you guys next week. I'll be back. Um, yeah, enjoy, enjoy this episode. Enjoy football week one Sunday. Uh, yeah. Without further ado, I let you guys go. Peace. <laughs>